Hey guys, how are you doing? And how is your summer going? Well, during the summer, I got in touch with a 19-year-old who is already a global social impact change maker. And you know what? She started all of this when she was 13. Today, our guest is Garvita Gulati, who is the co-founder of the NGO Why Waste. Garvita started the Glass Half Full movement, which has saved restaurants from wasting liters of water every day. She is the only Indian among 60 others from 42 countries around the world to win the Global Changemaker title this year and has also been recognized as the Ashoka Youth Venturer by Ashoka Innovators for the Public. Now let's hop on into our time machine to get to know Garvita when she was 13. Hi Garvita, thank you for agreeing to be on my show when I was 13. So let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what you like to do when you have some free time to yourself. Hi Arushi, Uh, thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show. I'm really excited to be here. Congratulations on the amazing work that you are doing at such a young age. Um, (laughs) Thank you. And I'd love to add that even I started my journey of change when I was 13, which is yeah. about six years ago because yeah. I'm 19 now. So that was pretty exciting to, um, you know, just connect with you on that front. <laughs> so yeah, more or less right now I'm engineering yeah. and um, a degree in electronics and communication. I'm also okay. a professional dancer. And wow. beyond that, I run my own um, social organization called Why Waste, which yeah. basically works towards um, optimizing the usage of water. So as you are the co-founder of Why Waste, which is an organization that is working towards effective conservation of water, so can you tell us more about the Glass Half Full movement? Sure. So the Glass Half Full movement is our key initiative, which is kind of what we started out with. Glass Half Full is all about um, asking restaurants to fill the glasses only half instead of full so you serve just half a glass of water and the idea is to take only as much as you need and not waste so we've been able to bring this to a hundred thousand restaurants across the country and that's over six globally and uh, beyond that we are also striving to make sure that it stays now so the first stage is you know bringing it to them the second stage is kind of making sure it actually sticks So we're working towards that right now, but also at the same time trying to get it to more and more places. But I think the key takeaway is the fact that this initiative, this concept actually has helped people optimize their water usage in other aspects of their life as well, because Mm. they've realized that the small bits actually matter, which was our aim as well. And the second thing is that this method actually saves 50% of the water that was being wasted earlier. Okay, that is also a pretty exciting development. So um, before this movement, how much water was being wasted? Yes. So about (laughs) 14 million liters of water was wasted every year, simply in the water that was left behind in glasses at restaurants. And this is a statistic I am giving you from the year 2015. So that's almost four years back. So you can imagine now the number might have increased or maybe decreased thanks to our movement. Yeah. So that's the stats I have. Okay. So basically, um, 
just because of one small step which was just filling a glass half full you have like uh helped conserve so much water which is an amazing idea that you got so how did this idea come into your mind at the first place like when did you get the mot- motivation and how did you right. do it right okay so um i think when i heard about this 14 million liters of water it was a time when i was reading a lot about the water crisis that our country was facing and um i kind of started understanding the problem seeing people actually face it you know walking miles to get water when for us we don't even appreciate the water that we get without having yeah. to work, having to even you know move a bone mm. so i think that just kind of induced a very empathetic mindset in me for this and so i started visiting restaurants and telling them that um you know why don't you keep bottles on your table why don't you ask the customers before you fill water So the mm-hmm. glass half full concept was not something that came immediately it came after a lot of trial and error being being rejected by over 40 restaurants which i actually individually visited and the idea was to find a connect between getting something innovative something that the customers like something that we like and mm-hmm. finally obviously something that the restaurants like as well so um i think just making sure that it's catering to everyone's needs and wants uh-huh. and at the same time it's helping the environment at the same time it's something that is you know motivating for them to um kind of move forward as well so after a lot of visiting these restaurants and understanding what's really happening mm-hmm. we finally deduced that um the glass half full is maybe the best way to go about it and yeah. it worked out really well Okay so like right now uh, making a change in the environment is a huge deal and really need to start right now so with this movement it is already like left le- made it up to one more platform so that we can go ahead and start saving our world so that we can live so right. um because of this really good movement you got recognized as a global change maker and have also been a part of the Ashoka Innovators for Public So can you tell us more about uh, these two platforms that you have been recognized for? I can start with Ashoka. I was selected as an Ashoka Young Change Maker in the year 2016. Um mm-hmm. and so I was selected then as an Ashoka Youth Venturer and last year I was named one of their first Ashoka Young Change Makers for co-leading programs across mm-hmm. the country which basically inspired other young people also to become change makers and you know mm-hmm. kind of follow their passion and do what they love through a concept called lead young at schools but i think the key thing about being selected as an ashoka youth venturer was the fact that um there was some form of validity to the work that you were doing you know you were actually recognized there was this form huge platform mm-hmm. that was backing you and telling you that keep going what you're doing is wonderful things like mm-hmm. that Yeah. and that just you know helped build that motivation to do more and beyond that they were also very supportive both um with respect to the work as well as emotionally mm. and um anything that you needed so ashoka in that sense has been really brilliant and i today have been able to build an i would say co-lead the ashoka young huh. maker program across um us india brazil and oh. indonesia and we're definitely looking at more countries right now as well That's so good. yes i think that has been an exciting process with them for me uh, now coming to global change makers global change makers is a fabulous platform for huh. um you know anyone who is looking to create a change to make a difference um, huh. who is so every year they select 60 young people from across the globe so you're one of the 60 uh, people so that's good and over a week through 
Yes. <laughs> so I was the only one from India. Wow. And, um, That's so a huge we achievement. And <laughs> thank you. So um, yeah, we were brought together, and over a week, we were taught how we can be better social entrepreneurs. We were taught skills, but more than that, we were also taught how to be better people, huh. how to appreciate the world more. So I think together my combined experience as a global change maker and Ashoka Youth Venturer has truly made me who I am, and um, me definitely grow the work that I'm doing and grow myself as a person as well. Wow, that's really nice. That's also inspiring. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, you started this movement when you were 13. So let's hop onto a time machine and go back to the time when you were 13. So, which town or city were you in around that time? So, I've been in Bangalore since I was four, and and I am you... still here. And I was <laughs> here when I was thirteen as well. Uh, six years back in Gurgaon, Gurgaon has changed a lot over these past six years. So, uh, what uh, drastic changes have you seen in Bangalore? In Bangalore, I think the biggest change has been the mass. Uh, obviously, you know, industrialization was pretty big here, but construction has become even more widespread. And uh, it's just, I honestly feel like the city is being choked by people and mm. that it was not prepared for, and we've lost a lot of our greenery and oh. all. But I think the biggest and most positive thing that I've seen is a lot of citizens coming out to solve social issues, which is, I think, a specialty of the city because. A lot of them have, you know, come out and and really yeah. build um, sustainable ideas that are making a huge impact. Um, but in the sense of growth um, of as a city, yes, it has definitely grown a lot, mm-hmm. you know, from what it was back then. But maybe not. Um, it's like increase the pollution and the yeah. traffic. So all of that is also there. So I but, think there is good and bad things that have happened. Yeah. We've got really cool. Um, Places to visit now, but yeah. again, we don't have the best air to breathe anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can't get all the good things. At least one bad thing will happen. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So when you were thirteen, all of us were in school. So, um, did you ever change your school from one place to another? Were you in the same school throughout? Actually, I was in the same school throughout. That's nice. So I came to Bangalore. I was four, which was perfect for me to start mm. off with. Um, I think I was I just turned four, so I was in LKG, which is the lower kindergarten. And ever since I've I got into this school called National Public School, and ever since I've mm. been there. And yes, I was in school when I started my venture. So a lot yeah. of credit to my school for supporting my work in the later days, for sure. Um, definitely in the beginning, our school is very academically oriented, so they were kind of like, "Oh, do what you want, but make sure you don't reduce your marks. <laughs> you know, like your marks don't drop." Um, yeah. That was, but when the movement actually grew and it started making sense to them, they were extremely supportive. That's so, nice. Yeah, they've been very instrumental in shaping who I am, obviously, because I was in that school for fourteen years yeah. um, till I graduated. So. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I was pretty happy. I was in one place, and I don't think I could have asked for anything better. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Uh, you also hats off to you because you manage your school life, which is exams and all around the time, you know, boards and all, while doing this. Big movement about the glass being half full. So that's really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, 
As you are now a social impact change maker, you mentioned that at thirteen you had this idea. So, did you see yourself coming to this uh, stage of being part of this movement? Absolutely no, absolutely no. So, in fact, when I was thirteen, I started with another movement, which was uh, "Say No to Crackers," uh, which was more my silent protest again. Uh, the bursting yeah. of firecrackers because I realized that it's not only impacting older people or our health or you know young kids or animals, but it's also deeply affecting the environment. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. when I first stood up for something, and um, and then when I was fifteen is when I actually started out with violence. Okay. And at the age of thirteen, I honestly never even thought, or this was something that was non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. In so, fact, it was non-existent probably like till the age of seventeen, you could say. <laughs> so, what made you change from your non-crackers um movement to coming to this glass half full movement? So my no say no to crackers movement, you know, still kept going on, and hmm. I don't burst it anymore. And I even today advocate for that. Uh, yeah. But the fact that a lot of people have changed themselves, the laws have changed around it. Yeah, we realize that now it's time to move on to the next issue. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's the best because now that now the on during the valley the pollution and the smog is not that bad as it used to be. Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, you were in Bangalore when you were thirteen. So, how was the world at that time like? uh like tv shows or maybe music like how has it changed okay um i think uh, that there's definitely that whole concept of um, online content mm-hmm. um netflix and uh, amazon prime which is a very new thing yeah um so that has definitely come up and my favorite tv show was at that time i think it's been modern family for ages now Same. Um, and uh, and yeah, I've I've grown up watching it. Uh, as have the kids in the show as well. Yeah. And apart from that, I really enjoy watching Master Chef. And yeah. then there was this uh other uh there's this other TV show in India called Sara Bhai vs Sara Bhai. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, I haven't. It's a really old show. Uh, you probably not. It was again a comedy show. And huh. brilliant, uh, brilliant actors, brilliant acting. So these two were my favorite shows back then. Okay. So as you mentioned, Modern Family with all the other people that I interviewed, they're they're a bit older. So uh, whenever I ask these questions, it's usually like they had one TV channel, which I cannot imagine how they spend their time uh, <laughs> for entertainment. Okay, so let's talk about friends because um, usually um, I've been told that you know in movies I see that after you graduate, uh, most of your friends and all of you like separate out. So are you still in touch with your uh, friends from when you were thirteen? Yes, I am in touch with a few of them, but very very few of them, I would say. Um, and um i think yeah by the time the first change comes when you reach the 10th grade when you yeah. are you know kind of uh, when a few people leave your school mm. so then you lose touch of some then then you reach 12th grade <laughs> that's another uh, you know break and mm. then when you come into college you get a lot of new friends so yeah i think um, i am you know in touch with them that's mm. definitely there but um, not all of them <laughs> mm. <laughs> Because that's like how life changes. 
Okay, so uh, when you were 13, uh, who was your idol that inspired you to keep this motivation and your focus to attain your goals in life? My idol when I was 13? Um, I really don't remember. I don't even know if I thought of things like this or who my idol was back then. But I remember I was a lot into uh, badminton back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely idolized Saina Nehwal. Okay. Uh, but for me, it's always been, uh, you know, it's been picking up motivation from everyone and everything. Like today, you are huh. inspiring well because thank you you're so doing much. Such brilliant things, and <laughs> and you know you're so confidently speaking to so many people at this young age. So I just thank you. To pick up motivation and inspiration from um, anything and everything that's around me. That's I think the kind of that's the way I look at it. Uh, that's lovely. So, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you used to play badminton. So, any other sports that you would play back when you were 13? Yeah, I think, I mean, in school, everyone used to play basketball. I was pretty very much uh, intensely into throwball and Mm -hmm. swimming as well. Swimming a lot. Um, But, yeah, yeah. But I was also a dancer. So, um, what dance did you do? So I still perform. I'm a Kathak, I'm a professional Kathak dancer now. Oh, that's nice. I used to do Kathak like for four years. So. Wow. Okay, so um, let's come back to the present day. So how difficult for you to convince people to like fill the glass half full? And uh, how did you convince all these, as you mentioned, thousands of restaurants to fill the glasses half full? I think honestly, it was not easy. It took ages. uh, And uh, so, like I said, you know, the first 40 odd restaurants literally rejected us on the face. You know, half of them didn't even want to talk to us. And Mm. most of them were just, you know, all about. So the thing is, fitting the glass full is an etiquette for them. A lot of restaurants are kind of graded based on that. Okay. Um, So for them, it kind of becomes uh, important to do it. Yeah. But. I think that, like I said, no, the idea was to find a cross between, you know, just everyone being happy and convinced and satisfied and mm. everyone's ideas, concepts being taken. I think moreover, it was really, it was becoming really difficult to convince people to, you know, actually mm. continue doing it. It was becoming difficult to go to a lot of restaurants because, you know, you physically can't do that. Huh. It was difficult to keep people involved, like the volunteers, because, you know, it becomes really repetitive. Yeah. Um, so I think the deal was when I cracked it with the National Restaurants Association of India this year, which represents an industry of one lakh restaurants. Oh, so, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it took me a lot of thinking and understanding that how can I really get this out to many people huh. and quickly. And again, convincing the NRAI was another hmm. task in itself. I mean... I used to call, email them a million times before they, you know, actually picked up that first call or replied for the first time. And then again, that from there, it took a lot of convincing to, you know, actually get them to Mm. implement it. So, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a lot Mm. of learning, a lot of mistakes, a lot Mm. of how to just deal with people. But I think it's just been an excellent um, experience. Wow. So um, from this interview, I've gained a lot of advice from you, which is not to give up and hard work always pays off. What advice did your parents give you when you were 13? I have a terrible memory. 
But I know that one thing that my parents have always told me is to, you know, always strive to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And um, uh, they've always said that whatever you do, make sure you give it your all. You don't leave back anything. You're not mm. missing out. You know, basically do your 110% for anything um, that you do. So those are two things I would remember from mm. very long back. And and they've been very kind. They've always shown us parts of empathy. Um, mm. I remember celebrating more birthdays at orphanages than actually having oh. parties. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's that's actually a good idea for, you know, <laughs> you should always spread kindness and happiness to others exactly. who should get. Okay. Exactly. So okay. I think that is also what inculcated an empathetic mindset. And mm. um, that's why I am where I am today. I'm sure your parents are very proud of you because this coming well, to I this. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now we have reached to the end of our podcast. So our last question for every uh, show is that what advice do you have for me and all the other listeners listening to this show? For you, I just like to say, Arshi, you're doing brilliant work and thank you. Continue to, you know, um, create more change, inspire more people Mm -hmm. and grow your movement. Um, And to everyone out there, all I'd like to say is that the world needs more and more people to actually Mm -hmm. come out and make a difference in whatever little way that you can, even if it is just changing your own lifestyle and habits. So, um, and if you can go beyond, please do. And for all the young people really really encourage you to become change makers social entrepreneurs because it's Uh, a beautiful journey and it is um it's something that the world needs the world needs our voice it needs the voice of the young people Mm. because we are different we are the ones who are going to live in the future so this matters the most to us and um i guess the fact that our adults are now at a standstill we are the ones who need to really come forward and get them moving (laughs) so (laughs) and we all need to do this together yeah Um, so yeah that's all I have to say (laughs) so thank you for taking your time to be on my show thank you so much and um, I had a really great time thank you and you have inspired me a lot today (laughs) well you have inspired me too so (laughs) okay thank you so much So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. As you know, every fortnight I interview people from around us and take them back into the time machine to find out how the world was when they were 13. You can follow this podcast on Instagram on the handle when underscore I underscore was 13. And yes, we now have a Facebook page as well. You can search us on Facebook as at the rate when I was 13. Till we meet the next time with another interesting person, this is your teenager host, Arishi Gupta, signing off. Celebrate the 10 best days of summer with Venus. We've marked down hundreds of our most popular fun, sexy swimwear and fashion styles, which means you get to celebrate summer with up to 70% off. Just visit venus.com to celebrate the 10 best days of summer and save today.